everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast. It's the 1st of September and we can really feel the heat now as we enter into the, the latter stages of the flat season. And there's still plenty to look forward to. A huge amount of horses uh, set to come out this weekend. And it, after last weekend's slightly damper squib, we've got really, really good racing. It's that perfect in between point after York, some horses coming out again. We've got a group one action at Haydock uh, with the Sprint Cup uh, over the six furlongs. And we've also got summer ground still, pretty fast ground all over. And I'm pleased that we've had another good week for the podcast. TC and Ross's faith in Tis Marvellous in the Beverly Bullet was repaid. I tried to be clever, uh, but uh, it didn't work out and it was just his marvellous too good. 72 in the end, that looked like decent value. And TC's other selection, King of Stars, was a really decent third at 8-1. to one. But also, hats off to TC, literally. Um, if you can't see him, he went to a festival once and he's now turned into a gangster. Um, but he his place play in a Michi at 6-1, to one. didn't just place, it won in good style. You definitely celebrated, didn't you, Tom? Yeah, well, I went to the festival on Sunday. Uh, I forgot to put sun cream on. It was 22 degrees and cloudy, but somehow my skin decided, you know what, now let's just go red raw and burn and, and ruin the whole week. So, yeah, the forehead is not in a good state, Jess. Um, I'm not now a gangster, although I am bringing the, the baseball cap back into fashion. Um, but last week was really good. Hopefully this week can continue. Plenty more winners on the way. Yeah, we were hoping for more of a gangster story to match the gangster look. And for those that can't <laughs> see and are listening to this podcast, before we started, TC was wearing quite a big black hoodie to match his black baseball cap. Um, and he's, yeah, he's looking, he's pr looking pretty <laughs> slick. Um, as for Ross Miller, always, always the same, always looking slick. Um, and looking forward to another weekend, I'd imagine, Ross. Some really good selection of races that we've got to look forward to and also proper field sizes yeah proper field sizes and everything from sprints to to staying contests so uh keeps me very happy and i thought there was plenty to look at and uh plenty of work to be done to find some selections yeah, before we get going, we do have uh, the St. Ledger, the final classic coming up uh, next week. And SBK are running a competition where you can win two county enclosure tickets to the St. Ledger at Doncaster on Saturday, 10th of September. All you have to do is to enter is head to the SBK's Twitter channel, follow and retweet the pinned tweet on SBK's Twitter. So that's something to look forward to and to get behind um, with the St. Ledger coming up. So that is that. Let's get into this weekend and the feature race, which is the Sprint Cup, the six furlongs over uh, over the six furlongs, of course. And it is a group one race and plenty of races this year have been group one in name, but they haven't been in terms of quality and quantity, but we've got a proper field size of runners. And I think it's the first time in a long time, we've had 17, the max field. Um, and that's a really good um, uh, res respect and result for this race, which always turns out some good performances. Last year was a bit of an upset with Emiratiana, but we've got some proper group one quality uh, 
horses as well. Minzal is in this. Uh, he chased home Highfield Princess at Dover last time in the pre Demoris de Geest, a race which has got a couple of others reposing as well. Rohan, Naval Crown, um, who's second favourite, 5 to 1. Last year's winner, Amaratianus, is around 7 to 1. Rohan's in this art power. Kinross is really interesting back down in trip as well. So, TC, I'll start with you. As I said, proper group of sprinters, 17 in here. I'm really, really looking forward to this. I think it's a it's a, a great race. And I think Haydock have been rewarded for putting on some good races in the past. But this is a good one. And it's, it, I'd say it's tough to work out. Yeah, not only have we just got a maximum field, but we've also got a great punting heat. Uh, we've got 4-1 to one the favourite at the moment, likely to be around 7-2, 4-1, maybe on the off as well. So there are multiple different ways you can go in this race. It should be great for the neutral, let alone the punter. Um, and there are plenty of horses that you could side with that have solid claims. Uh, Emiratiana being one, a horse that obviously I tipped in the Nunthorpe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he ran a great race, finished third. It was something like his best. And I was super tempted to chuck him back in um, as my selection for this race as well. Um, he won the race last year. The race kind of panned out nicely, though. And to win back-to-back sprint cups, you need to be exceptional. I'm not sure Emirati Anna is that, but he's definitely got a great chance. Um, he would have been the last off my shortlist. I'm going to side with the closer, though, because I think this race is going to develop into a just a rapid sprint from the outset. There's going to be at least a minor pace collapse, hopefully a major pace collapse. Um, and that's going to suit another horse that I'm developing a soft spot for, which is Rohan. Now, I tipped Rohan last time in the city of York Stakes, obviously at York. Um, he finished seventh of nine, but there are plenty of reasons why that race just didn't pan out. Firstly, he was held up last. Everything that was held up and came from off the pace just couldn't get anywhere near the front runners or the protagonists um, at York. It's the same old story year in, year out, but I was hoping that maybe this one time they'd go hard in the city of York and they just didn't. He never made any inroads. His only other anomaly this year from a, a real good CV of performances also came at York. So maybe just that track doesn't suit him either. And it came over seven furlongs where he wasn't able to show his high cruising speed and then rely on a pace collapse up front. He now drops back in trip. He, he goes to Haydock, which I think will suit him a lot better than York. I just think he's criminally underrated, this Rohan. He has a wicked turn of foot, a high cruising speed. Yes, he does need the leaders to come back to him, but I think that's eminently possible in a race that has art power and several other front runners in it. So with Holly Doyle booked, um, and there's some, likely to be some rain as well on Saturday morning, which will definitely help him given he's one on soft and heavy ground. You won't get that testing, but there'll be a little bit of dig underfoot. Um, Rohan has to be the play for me. Okay. Um, interesting. He's obviously also got course um, uh, and distance form at, at Haydot, which is which is a help. Quick word, TC, on the favourite, though, Minzal, who was just ahead of him in the Prix de Maurice de Geese. He's been the real talking horse, and he's got a, a very consistent enough CV what is it clearly obviously trying to get some value is a good pun- punting heat that would make you feel like that this isn't this isn't his group one hey, i mean it could be but the fact that he is likely to go off favorite or is currently favorite puts me off slightly now he's got plenty of upside he's one of the most unexpected unexpected horses in the race owen burris has done really well with his limited stock this season he was super impressive in the hackwood two starts back and last time out as you say in the morris de geese he ran a really nice second now, on that form, he's banged there with Rohan, my selection, so there's no way I could possibly write him off. But you're just going to take a shorter price on him. I don't know. I, I just prefer the shout of Rohan. I think the early pace in this race will also see Minzal in different light. Now, yes, he has got a really high cruising speed, much like Rohan, and therefore will be suited by the dynamics. But as I say, he's just a little bit too short for my liking. 
Okay, so case be made for Rohan and, and why perhaps just at the prices, not for this favourite Minzal, um, where, you know, group one form, I think, is really apparent and really, really needed. You you really see the best sprinters um, around here and whether Rohan is group one level, obviously as a three-year-old, he's unlucky to have run in, not have had the opportunity to run in the Commonwealth Cup being a gelding. And then he went and won the Woking on, on the same day. So he clearly is highly regarded and has done uh, a lot of good work for, for the Dave Evans team. Ross, how did you find this working this out? Because I just thought group one form is what I really look for. Um, horses that have been really flying the flag and the highest company, because this is this is a good, good renewal. Uh, absolutely. I, I think it's a difficult problem to solve. I think it's a great betting heat. It's not a race I'm going to go wading into. That's for that's for certain. Um, my forecast was different to TC's and I, I'd be quite interested if his was right, because at the start of the week, the horse that really interested me was, was Brad the Brief. He's got plenty to find, but he is stepping forward with every run. He's looked a revelation for Hugo Palmer this year. Um, and I do like sprinters when they get on a bit of a roll. We had it last year with Rohan, who TC's tipped, Dragon Symbol last year, Highfield Princess this year. Once they get going, they can just stay in that groove. Um, I thought he was interesting, but I came down to the conclusion that he is absolutely dependent on a bit of give underfoot. He was a non-runner last time at York with uh, good to firm ground, given as the reason. That was over seven furlongs. If it's good to firm, I think he, he might not even run. I don't think it's going to suit him. Um, so I came down on Naval Crown. Um, I thought he looked solid. I don't think he appreciated the ground at Deauville last time. He didn't look comfortable from some way out. And I know he has form on soft ground. But he's been racing on a quicker surface. And sometimes once they get on a quicker surface, then shifting back to a softer surface just doesn't suit them. Um, I thought a reproduction of either of his two good runs this year um, when winning the Platy Jubes um, at Ascot or when runner-up in the July stakes. I thought if he can reproduce that back on good to firm ground, I think he's got every chance. And I slightly differ to TC in that I'm not convinced this is going to be a breakneck gallop. Minzal, Emery Artiani. Uh, Emirati Anna, Kinross, Rohan, Harry, three, Brad the Brief, Cardem, they're all going to want to come off the pace. Um, it just needs Go Bears Go, Naval Crown, and uh, Winter Art to possibly go forward. Um, I just thought William Buick might be able to just ride a bit of a tactical race from the front and run it to suit him and his fractions. Um, and I think you'll see the trip out well uh, and could be hard to peg back. Yeah, I think he's quite uncomplicated, isn't he, Naval Crown? I don't think he was seen. I agree with you. He wasn't really seen to best effect to Dover, where a few horses just got caught a little bit wide and just didn't really get their cover. And I just, I feel like Naval Crown is is a lot better than that. And uh, as we've seen over the course of this season, an interesting point on um, the, the the pace, perhaps coming from Go Bears Go. Uh, uh, your thoughts, Ross, on Sean Levy replacing Ross Orion? Um, obviously, um, we've heard the announcement today that they have um, confirmed the the split. Sean Levy, tactically astute man. He he does well taking horses from the front as well. And Dave Rotnan has been very confident about Go Bears Go at, at what is, at the moment, double-figure prices. Yeah, I mean, I, I just take the view that, that last year's juveniles were not all that great as a bunch. Um, you know, perfect power look much the best of them uh, last year and coming into this year. And he's been well beaten against uh, this older age group since. I think he's a lovely little horse and a real tough trier. I don't think he's good enough. As opposed to Sean Levy, uh, with Sean Levy taking on the ride, I like Sean Levy. I think he's very good. This is a pretty easy horse to ride, mm -hmm. isn't it? You know, 
go as quick as you can for as long as you can. Uh, perhaps try and grab a breather somewhere. Um, but yeah, he's that. That's not an, it's not a negative. Other than the fact I think Ross Ryan's been uh, perhaps hard done by or something's gone on there because um, he was definitely one of the rising stars of the weighing room, and you couldn't really say anyone's going to be an improvement on him. But uh, Sean Levy's certainly a, a solid option. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's um, interesting points there. I'm with Ross. I think when I looked through this, I thought I could definitely forgive Naval Crown for that run in Deauville. Um, it was also on good to soft ground, which I don't think is necessarily his optimum. Um, as I said, just not seen to best effect where he was positioned. His run in at the Platinum Jubilee, all, all to be said for, brilliant run. Um, and there was no fluke about it as well. He's repartnered with William, William Buick, um, who's obviously won on him before. Um, with James Doyle out um, with injury. And I think if you can still get five to one, which seems to be there and thereabouts, that's a decent price for an already confirmed group one winner. Um, so that's the case for Naval Crown from both Ross and I for the Haydock uh, Sprint Cup, um, 3.30 on Saturday. So yeah, a really decent re renewal. I think we've got a lot to look forward to there. Um, but as I said, Saturday, I think this Saturday is one of those that can go a little bit underestimated, a bit under the radar. We've got quality action at Ascot. We've got good stuff from Kempton as well. You can always find a little bit of uh, uh, jump racing as well if you're really keen. But the three big meetings are Haydock, uh, Ascot and Kempton. And it's interesting to see um, the likes of Solcombe, the Melrose winner, He's back in action in the Old Borough Cup. Um, and uh, we've got uh, the September stakes at Kempton as well. So we've got a nap selection from all the team as always. And um, because yours landed, well, the place, place that, the place that landed basically nearly as best as a nap would have done, TC, we'll give it, go to you first. Yeah, so my bet of the week is three Yorkshiremen in the 251 at first. Now, I didn't think I'd be going to thirst for the nap. There is one in a nursery at Kempton as well that I'm inter interested in, but make sure you check out the SBK betting zone tipping column for that. Uh, but three Yorkshiremen has to be the selection. He was my biggest eye catcher coming out of York's Ebor Festival. He ran in the Convivial Maiden, was ridden by Jamie Spencer on just his second start for trainer Richard Fahey. First time up, he finished third behind a horse that's won since called Frankness. That piece of form is pretty strong. Though the Convivial Maidens are really hot heat, it generally produces a Group 1 winner. And maybe this year's winner will, will strike at the top level in due time. Um, but three Yorkshiremen didn't get anywhere close to winning the Convivial. He finished 10th. Nevertheless, he was a massive eye-catcher. He was held up last, green in the early stages. And as I've already touched upon in this podcast, closers at York just didn't make any inroads. He did. He was one anomaly. Now, he was 17th of 17 in the early stages. Jamie Spencer was travelling really nicely on him. Went to go right and the traffic just loomed in front of him and shut the door. Then Jamie had to pull back, go left, and it happened exactly the same again. Jamie then thought, well, this race is gone, so I'm going to treat this as just a second run, just teach him a few things, hands and heels to the line. But in the last 100 yards, he passed five horses. If there was another 100 yards on the end of the race, he would have passed another three or four. So he ran a lot better than uh, suggests on paper. He now enters this race at Thirsk. There are a couple of interesting newcomers, um, one in there from a, a top trainer as well. But I really do think three Yorkshiremen is a good thing in the 251 at Thirsk. Okay, yeah, you were you had flagged that that was one of your eye catchers from the festival. So um, hopefully everyone has already noted that in their trackers anyway, but three Yorkshiremen in 2.51 at Thirst for TC. Um, Ross, looking for a nap, can be anywhere on Saturday. Where is it? So I've gone to Ascot at the 3.10. George Bowie trained in the park. Um, he's only £4 higher um, than when a convincing winner of the Buckingham Palace stakes at Ascot, Royal Ascot. Um, Safi Osborne's £3 claim negates all bar £1 of that. 
um, an extra pound in his back on that day would not have stopped him. Uh, it was perhaps a touch disappointing on form at Goodwood last time in the Stewards' Cup, but I could not think of a trip and track less suited to this horse than the Stewards' Cup. I was amazed he went off at the off at the price. I'm not much of a layer, but I have to admit I did have a bit that day. I just couldn't see it suiting him at all, and he did duly get outpaced at a crucial part of the race. But to his credit, he stuck on really well, finished, I think, about eighth place, stepped back up to seven furlongs on a track that he clearly likes. I think he's not finished progressing yet for George Bowie, um, and uh, I think he'll take all the beating in this. Uh, yeah, I have to echo Ross's sentiments. We're really very similar playing fields this weekend for Ross and I. I, I when I saw him depart back at Ascot, I couldn't agree with you more. Safi Osborne, big opportunity for her. She had a nasty fall last week at Newmarket, um, but she was back on her feet pretty quickly. Um, and um, she's also ridden Ascot really well in the past too. So good opportunity for her, for the George Bowie team, SBK ambassador, who's absolutely flying, 71% strike rate at the moment and just... Everything he touches, which has been the same all season, is turning to more than gold. Um, and I think that they were, as you said, Ross, disappointed with that run at uh, Goodwood. But it likely that he was possibly on the wrong side of the track as well and wasn't beaten uh, too far. But back at, at his happy hunting ground, um, I'm going to um, back you there as well. So we'll head we'll head over to the place plays as well, because as we as always... SBK has place only odds on all races. Um, so one that might run well at a bit of a price for UTC. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that 310 Ascot that you both fancy in the parking um, and a horse called Tactical. Now, this race is full of Ascot handicap regulars in the park being one fresh star of Orion, River Nymph, Ropey Guest, the list keeps going on. Um, but we know plenty about these horses. One horse that we maybe don't know the most about is Tactical. We haven't seen him at his best so far this year. But bearing in mind, back in 2020, he did win the Windsor Castle over five furlongs at Ascot. So he clearly handles the track. He's run at Ascot the last three times as well. Only two of those came on the straight track. One was on the round track, which doesn't suit him. If you go three back um, to the race that Inver Park actually won, Buckingham Palace at Royal Ascot, Tactical finished sixth that day, but he was drawn high in gate 22. You wanted to be drawn low. You wanted to be racing towards the far side. And he was in the middle of the track. We've seen multiple horses win uh, subsequently from Royal Ascot that had that hor horrific high draw. The likes of Sinjari uh, jumps to my mind, but there are others too. Tactical finished off his race really nice down the middle of the track, as I mentioned. Finished sixth and could be marked up. I think he ran as well as Inver Park, if not slightly better in that race. Now, subsequently, he hasn't boosted the form. But last time out, I think they were suggesting that maybe he made a sound. Tongue tie goes on now. Ryan Moore takes the ride. Mm. I think he's got a good chance of hitting the frame at a double figure price. Okay, interesting. Yeah, Tactical's one of those slight cliff horses for a lot of a lot of people. He he's got all the ability. He's had the wind surgery and now they've got the tongue tie on. So clearly that's not all uh, not all great for him in terms of in terms of breathing. But let's hope that Tactical can get in there, replace um, claim for TC. Ryan Moore booked and fascinated to see Ryan Moore on board two uh, Godolphin horses for Charlie Appleby this weekend at Ascot. Um, can't imagine he's had many rides for them. So uh, um, interesting to see how he gets on. Um, so that's Tactical in the 310 at Ascot for TC. And a place play for you, Ross, please. So I've gone back to Haydock at uh, the 255. Um, I think Silcombe's going to be very hard to beat um, off a, a significantly higher mark, but I don't think it'll stop him. Uh, but the horse I do like against him is Golden Flame, who's a bit in and out, but he ran a much better race last time um, in the Shergar Cup meeting over a trip of two miles that probably doesn't quite stay. Um, 
I thought there was an awful lot of pace on in this race and he could get perhaps an easy time up front under Andrea Ancini. Um, he'll stick at it well um, and he might just have a little bit left in reserve to repel a few, although I do expect Sorkham to, to pick him up inside the final furlong. Uh, he goes well at this track. He's a, a win and two seconds from three runs at the track. I think he can hit the frame at a decent price. Sulcum still looks well in there with that weight of 8.9 despite going up. 16 pounds officially in the handicapper, I think it is. Oh no, my maths has failed me. 14 pounds by the handicapper, 14. but yeah, he's a he's a he's a stayer going places and um yeah, he looks very hard to beat. I agree with that. Uh right, so from my perspective, place claim going to put my faith back into Go Bears Go, who I loved um, winning last time over in the Curra. Um, I think that these cheap pieces have been a real benefit to him. Um, I think that the double figure price at 12 to 1 is is worth using for a, from a place perspective. And um, with Sean Levy on board, we made a, we discussed that just briefly when we were going through the race. And um, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me if he kept up that momentum out in front. So that's Go Bears Go um, in the Haydock Sprint Cup for me. Me. Stat attack time. TC, how do you get on last week with your stat attack and what have you got this week? I can't even remember who the stat attack was last week, Jess. I mean, this this sunburn has done something to my brain. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> this, this week I'm sticking to Thirsk and I, I really will tell you uh, whether this is actually profitable because uh, one of the races that this stat attack actually applies to is the race where my nap runs and it's not the same horse. They don't, they don't cross-contaminate. So uh, if my nap does lose, hopefully the stat attack wins. Um, the stat attack this week is Carl Burke is four from 10, 40%, one pound level stakes profit of plus 14 pounds, 13p with his two rods at Thirsk so far this year. Now he runs three juveniles across two divisions of the seven fellow novice. Two of them take on my, my nap, three Yorkshiremen, but there's also one in the first division, a horse called Royal Rhyme. Um, she's a daughter of Lope de Vega out of a mare who has produced three 100 plus rated um, progeny. So, no, I think Royal Rhyme is probably the best of the Carl Burke horses. Hopefully my nap gets it done in Division 2, but uh, make sure you look out for her in the 2.16 at Thirsk. Okay, Carl Burke, yeah, he's, always, he's a good man to be following around and uh, Thirsk is where you should be finding him for TC Stat Attack on Saturday. Um, that's it. We've gone through, uh, had a good uh, look through that Haydock Sprint Cup Um Myself and Ross seem like we're on a level, level playing field this weekend in terms of our selections. Um, and TC hoping to build on from last week's good shouts as well. Uh, a reminder that new SBK customers can get £30 in free bets by depositing £10. T's and C's always apply. Uh, TC made a, a note on his content and uh, additional columns that you can find on the SBK channels, whether it's YouTube or online and We've also got extensive SBK ambassador content that you can find as well. Don't forget the St. Ledger competition. Um, you have to enter on SBK's Twitter channel. Uh, just a follow and RT of the pinned tweet. But hopefully we've found some more winners for you this week. Best of luck, everyone. And we'll see you again next week. 